No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we? Should we now? Don't skip, you guys. Just listen really quick because we're gonna do some ads. Are we gonna do a quick ad? And and believe me, you want to stick. Two quick this. ads. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> believe me, this <laughs> content's really gonna. Get you. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Our first ad is for Organifi. Hey, Organifi. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. We love you so much. I like taking the green juice on the go. Mm. I am finally unpacked, and the first thing I got up on the kitchen counter was mm-hmm. my Organifi goodies. Nice. Makes me really happy at night. I have the gold. Uh-huh. Uh, I make it like With a little, little tea make latte. A little hot gold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It tastes so good. Actually. That's my favorite tasting product. And overall, I feel like it has helped me with my mood and my stress levels because I feel like I've been having a lot of stress, but I've been yeah, feeling... You've been, you've been in intensified uh, moments here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I have. That but you've, you're not feeling it. I've been even keeled thanks that's to great. my friends at Organifi. You can go to Organifi.com slash campfire and make sure you go to that link directly because then that's the link that we get credit for. And then the second one is Better Call Daddy with our friend Rita Friedman Watts. Super fun. She interviews different, all types of people from different walks of life. And then her dad weighs in on it afterwards. Very funny. And um, yeah, I really like the episode. She just had her old pal Jerry Springer on. Yeah, she used to work on Jerry Springer. Show. Yeah, the Jerry Springer show. Yep. Uh, yeah. So she's she's amazing, and her show's great. So check that out. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, kids, now gather round. Grab a log and sit right down. What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground. It's the campfire shit show. And now, your camp counselors, Bo Hufford and Meryl Klimo. Well, without fail, uh, Meryl has, has gotten me into one of these situations again. Um, today we have a guest uh, on the show, and we'll get to that in a second. But in order to do that, Meryl told me, hey... It's a very special moment. Uh, We have the opportunity to interview this person that I've been wanting to interview for a while. And uh, and I knew who this was as well. And I was really excited because it's it's going to be a great interview. But she's like, it's up in Hollywood and we're going to go. And he's staying at this some Beverly Hotel thing. And then there's going to be this influencer party. And I was like, geez, this sounds like a lot. So uh, so I get up and I've got to get up because I'm in San Diego and that's about two and a half hours away. Um, I have to get up around five to get up there because it's a morning interview and then he's taking a flight back home Mm -hmm. from there. That's me. And so I'm here too. (laughs) So, you know, I didn't sleep much the night before. I was totally not like just not prepared Mm -hmm. in the in the mental state. Get in the car at five something. It takes me actually three hours to get there. I'm just dragging ass. When I realize that I'm getting closer to Hollywood and we're getting close, I'm like, wait, what area is this in? I get off the highway in Hollywood and on Sunset Strip, let me tell you, it's like it's all glamorous in the movies and on TV. But you get there and it's fucking it, it it's it's garbage. Yeah, it's the saddest place on earth. It is. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, OK, so where's this? Where's this nice hotel that we're going to? We roll into what's <laughs> called like the Beverly like. I don't know. The uh, America's like Hollywood Inn or something. Or yeah. Hollywood Value America Hotel. I think it was called Beverly something. Yeah. Or, or Beverly, <laughs> Hollywood Beverly <laughs> uh, Motel Beverly Inn Hells. or something like that. And, and listen, this has nothing to do with our guests. No. Our, our guests didn't know it was going to be Not at what all. this is. But the way that Meryl sold it to me and then the reality, I rolled in and it was like, I hope my 
alarm works on my car. You know, yeah. it was like I said, there'd be valet parking. Yes. Our valet was <laughs> one elder Mandarin man who was going to steal our I, car. I don't care. There, I'm not. No, I'm not, our guest I'm not is too amazing. Good for it. I don't, our, it has no. Yeah. It was just like the way the way that Meryl sold it, uh-huh. and then the reality was just like one of those memes where it's like expectation reality. And I was like, yeah, this is total Meryl style. She's like, we're gonna be at the Beverly Hotel with all the famous people, and then I roll <laughs> in, and it's like somebody's doing a drug deal in the parking lot. The heroin needle yeah, is like for sure. Yeah. There are people like pacing up on the second floor. For sure. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I mean, you don't know how much. I appreciate you coming up for these adventures. Well, and I woke up at 5 30 in the morning. I texted you all these little sunshine emojis because I just couldn't wait to start the day. <laughs> and then it was funny. I mean, it was just like that's the kind of thing I'd rather have it go that way than go perfect. Because, yeah. Because if it went the other way, we wouldn't be talking about it. Exactly. We'd be like, oh, it was a nice hotel. Great. And Move on. I feel like that whole situation is a symbol of what our guest today, yeah. Chris Sawa, talks about. In his podcast, Sex with Strangers, yeah. because it's like sex can be gritty. It can be like, you know, it can leave you high and dry or it can be beautiful and expected. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think if anything, you have to keep an open mind. I think that's yeah. what, And he he definitely, um, if I listen to his podcast, Sex with Strangers, he does really go at his his research and his work and his interviews with an open mind and i really like that about him and his show and he's from chicago so any chicago peeps out there he's out and about in, yeah. in the chicago scene and he used to be a stand-up comic so we had a bunch to talk about there we had some uh some similar friends uh and it was just an all-around great uh great talk so yeah. i wish we had more time but he was catching a flight and i had to drive back and all this stuff but he caught a flight i caught some feelings oh, oh. okay wait at the end we i need to, i have another story about what happened but then okay. I, i'm gonna okay. might out you a little bit but okay yeah at the end That's of our fine. show at That's the end fine. Of our show. <laughs> let's get into the okay, okay. bag with our good friend chris soa <laughs> so likable that i don't mind being <laughs> i don't mind I just being three blew out. i'm we're gonna start out with just a giant fucking sound wave <laughs> where else could we like go to a hotel or a stranger i'm motel? so sorry i'm so sorry yeah come back yeah, we, a second. we need to come back a second. set the scene here so i drove up this morning from san diego and it's about a two and a half hour drive and uh when i put the spot in i was like what is happening and then when we i got i pulled in it's this like kind of what feels like a shady motel but i mean i mean it is i'm not cutting on where you are personally yeah you're here for business i'm just like i walked in and it's like it's so funny that like you forget that hollywood is just different it's different and when it's probably hard to find a good hotel on the strip isn't it well this is my first i realized this we were talking about this when um you you were excreting fluids in the bathroom. Yes. Um, to, to use medical terms, I believe I believe that's how a how a doctor puts it. We just know it was fluid. You know. We. <laughs> oh my god! I'm literally like in your mouth while you're podcasting too. Like it's so weird. But yeah, I love it. That's why I brought this up because the yeah. motel is, is tiny and there's not really a good place for us to record. So we're kind of sitting on each other's laps here. Yeah, um, we li- literally and figuratively. I know the last time I generally stay in Hollywood when I come to Los Angeles, but I always do Airbnbs. This was my mm-hmm. first time doing anything that wasn't an Airbnb because I'm like, it's two nights. I don't want to fucking deal with that. Sure. You know, 
check you know, usually most of the time it's like it's a lockbox or whatever but sometimes it's not and you know your flight is delayed and you're getting in at 11 p.m and someone in a bathrobe yeah. with <laughs> just fucking annoyed at you is going to show up so i was just like let's just book something and this had a very misleading expedia page i'll put it that way and decent reviews and stuff and i was just like yeah. looking at the price point looking at the user score yeah but i was i was telling her the last time i was here i was in an airbnb just like a few blocks from here but it was in the neighborhood so it was like residential it was nice sure and i would shop at what used to be a ralph's which is now that 99 cent store yeah and this was just like a little bit pre-pandemic and it's just like the pandemic fucking killed ralph too i mean it's very sad a 99 cent store is either a lateral move or down i'm like aren't we supposed to be i think it's here? i think it's down yeah i think it's I down here like... it's a discount for sure well are you claustrophobic at all because because you're 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 a tall guy. What are you six five, six three? Good, good job, the first one. Oh, okay, six five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a tall, dude, and and yeah, you like you like, yeah. Um, We're in a pretzel position together. But, but what's funny is this: like this room is kind of tight, and I'm like, you must, are you comfortable in here? Oh, I'm fine. I the world wasn't built for me. Yeah, you know. A, so it's like I a Japanese capsule hotel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I my hotel room that I had in Japan was considerably larger than this. Um, I only hit my head once in Japan, which was like, felt like a triumph. Yeah. <laughs> and, but no, I've, I've been used to tiny spaces. Um, there's, there's a video of me from years ago on the, on my website of me trying to get into a cage where they used to shoot all like the kink.com stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just like on a porn set trying to get into one of their cages. <laughs> it did not work out well. Yeah. Um, but I gave it a, a try. This place is considerably more comfortable than that cage. So I can <laughs> I can handle it. The thing I wanted to ask is, did you go to the the Sniffy's party or the OnlyFans party or? No. <laughs> no? Oh my god! Really? To go to like a gay That's... party. Well, well no, like, like there, there were there were two things. So the first thing was, and this was, when did I email you about coming to Los like Angeles? Three days ago. So four days ago, mm -hmm. I get this PR email that's like, only fans content party in the Hollywood Hills. You're invited. You know. And it's, you know, 12 of the top. And, you know, that doesn't mean anything. But I looked up the specific young women who mm -hmm. were um, getting their content on in the Hollywood Hills. And I was just like, okay, these are people. And I I love this sort of behind the scenes kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll come to this house in the Hollywood Hills. And oh my God, if it was like, like Tana and Lana Rhodes, I would it, it be on the floor. Okay. Um, I love these girls. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, let's do that. And I knew, you know, and she responded right away. And it's like, okay, we're actually doing this. Even though it's not completely confirmed, I'm going to take this risk. I found cheap lodging, cheap, um, cheap flight. And I was, fuck it, we're going to try this. And if not, there is like this other episode I want to do that's about like a gay hookup app that supposedly makes grinder look like tinder you know so or like not even tinder like plenty of fish yeah, you yeah, know yeah. farmers the only christian yeah. one, christian i feel like farmers only gets mentioned a lot they do. On, yeah, you know i've so been funny. kicked off of farmers only which is i mean it is not from not being a farmer um dick which pics. i'm not either so yeah dick pics of farmers only i was just sending lots of pictures of corn that oh looked my like God. no it was this was i have an episode from years ago called alpaca's gone wild 
which is a friend of mine had this alpaca that tragically fucked a sheep to death. <gasps> and we did kind of an episode just looking into farm sex and like that, oh, that sort yeah. of weird shit. And I was like, while I'm here in rural Washington state, the bread basket of the West Coast. <laughs> Actually, that's really California. But <laughs> I was like, let's see if we could make something work on Farmers Only, get some people to maybe talk to us as well, wow. and got flagged right away. And, really? Yeah, terminated. Oh, try, trying from, to look for interviews? Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, exactly. Um, wow. I, I'm not sure if I've tried the same thing on Christian Mingle. I've tried it on so many things, you know? Yeah. But the first episode I ever worked on of my show, I believe it's episode two, is called Grinder in Wyoming. And I had heard that Wyoming had, like, the least number of grinder users, which makes sense. It's fucking Wyoming. <laughs> and so I went on a road trip to Wyoming <laughs> to just download the grinder app and see who we could talk to. Sure. And the first person we talked to was a former Baptist minister. And, of course, we made the rookie mistake of interviewing him in a tiny Starbucks where every 30 oh. seconds it's, you know. Yeah. So, I thought you were say everyone knew him. That's no, no. It was just like a learning experience about audio. <laughs> it's sort of just like, like jumping right into it. I like the idea of you being in a Starbucks in Wyoming, uh, asking this guy questions and him being honest and open in an open space in a place that's probably not very honest and open. You know? Yeah. That yeah, and he definitely was conflicted because he was not someone who was now secular. He wasn't like gay and happy and secular. He was sort of really, he had a lot of shame. He had a lot of religious mm. baggage. And he was saying, you know, like, this might be a sin, mm. but I'm into it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'm looking for dick and interviews on grinder and i probably was the first person to offer an interview so wow. he That's jumped amazing. at it and came to the starbucks and so for a while i've been thinking about kind of revisiting that show and i heard about this sniffies app and i thought well it's like wormish what here is right sniffies? now so it's it's apparently grinder to the next level it's it like it, how do, yeah, how what does that mean like like it's so just easier to scratch to meet up with people and yeah it's like within you know you you look at it especially like let's say you're in west hollywood or, or something and this is me having not used it but this is my understanding you know in 17 feet there's like an eager hole for you kind of thing. gotcha you know gotcha. like come dumpster take the third left <laughs> Oh my gosh. Kind of oh, thing. so it's like a map almost. Yeah, that's yeah. Brilliant. There's Sniffy's map is actually a thing. That's actually and, brilliant. Well, and like... Grinder is it's it's location based. So mm -hmm. it'll tell you how many feet someone is from you. And I remember when I downloaded it to like do the show and start the process, it was kind and it was like late at night in Cheyenne. <laughs> and that was actually the last time I I stayed in like a weird motel, I wanna say. because um, for the most part I've Avoided weird motels, but it was one of those places where you have a physical key, you know, so it's just like anyone could have copied this key oh and could just show Jesus. up at any time. To, and I'm seeing like, you know, hungry for cum is 900 feet away. And, you know, it's just like <laughs> it It kind of gives it a little bit of a horror movie quality when it's yeah. late at night and you're yeah. by yourself and you're seeing 
people are looking at your like little blinking dot, you know, and yes. seeing how close you are. So, so yeah, but that was one of those things where with my show, I've taken a lot of risks in terms of just like, we're going to show up somewhere and we're going to try to get audio. So that's what I did with this. It fell apart the day I was flying out, but then it kind of got resurrected. So instead of talking to 12 women at this house, there were some people I think, what I decided was it was an overeager PR person who was just like, let's throw as much to the wall as we can. Mm. Cause sometimes they do that and try to make it work. Well, this was a bad idea because people don't want a random guy with a microphone walking around uh. their content house and which it crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, and so the alternative was one of the performers had an Airbnb. We were going to do it in their backyard and two other performers were going to come. I was like, I can work with that. And I had their bios and they had kind of interesting stories. One of them was from Sweden and was dating someone, married to someone maybe who was also like an OnlyFans person. So it's just like, there's stuff there. There's stuff to mine. And then 5 a.m. I get the cancellation. Uh, it's hmm. just like, okay. And I'm just, I came here for you guys. Basically <laughs> is what happened. I love that, that well, you flew here. Or it's so sad Montreal. that that's the most depressing part of that story. <laughs> I think I should buy you like scrambled eggs after this. Well, well, what you're talking about here is, and I want to make sure that our listeners understand, is like you have a podcast called Sex with Strangers. Correct. You've been doing that for many years. Since when? 17? It, 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 since 1917. 1917. <laughs> since <laughs> 17. Actually, that, that Wyoming trip, the show didn't come out for a few months after that, but that was Thanksgiving 2013. Wow. So I started releasing my show in 2014. There there are only like 62 episodes, in part because there have been some breaks, and then also in part because I've been balancing doing this with other things, and some of my shows are very involved. Like, right. you yeah. know, part of why I jumped on this opportunity was, okay few hours of audio, edit something together. Sure. I love that idea because right now I'm about to start editing a show. I'm just going to pivot to the next show. I, I decided not to do the Sniffies thing. So that episode is going to be based off of 25 to 30 hours of audio. Yeah. Of just because I picked such a broad topic, we're going to be talking about nuances in sexuality with sort of bisexuality as an anchor and then getting into some more sort of like gray zones. But I interviewed like 15 bisexuals of various degrees. Mm -hmm. And I have to make that into a thing that's not that's a lot of work. 17 hours long. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And so I love this idea of we're going to do something a little bit more straightforward and easy. And I have a few things like that lined up mm -hmm. for the future. But I, you know, sometimes... Sometimes you make bad decisions. Yeah. You get, sometimes you get a, an email about OnlyFans folks and you make bad decisions. I think everyone <laughs> can relate funny. about I that. I think we've all, all done the same thing. Sometimes you just clicked on the wrong link and sometimes <laughs> that link is Expedia yeah. and here you are. I, Bo and I wrote the same way too, which we will do something like for the bit where I'm like, even if it makes no sense that I don't have time to do something, I'll just like fly somewhere and do it. And that's fun. Yeah. I mean, I had two random, I'm thinking about like Valentine's day, ideas i've had sure. and i have one right now that's super wacky that i probably shouldn't do but i'm gonna like message someone about it because i might but <laughs> early in this show i had this idea of like 
who's spending Valentine's Day at Hooters? Like, yeah. I want to talk to those people. Yeah. So it's just like, I was, you know, I'm based in Chicago, and February 14th, not not always the warmest day. Yeah, it's a cold fucking time and in Chicago. I knew, like, Hooters wasn't going to, like, let me walk around the restaurant and restaurant sorry sorry hooters i'm sorry um (laughs) that was not an option so it was going to be kind of like street interviews outside of hooters and it was literally not just february 14th in chicago but a cool wave it was you know sub-zero and i decided just like on a whim i found again it was like cheap airfare and i was just like I'm going to go down to Clearwater. Oh, boy. Where there's the very first, the original Hooters. Hooters. The the mecca of Hooters, um, birthplace. Also, where Scientology is based. Mm. Just a magical, magical city. Yeah. A shining city on the hill. And so I go down there and I stand outside for a few hours interviewing people you know who are coming in and out of the hooters there and it made it into a show but it wasn't a full app like there wasn't that much there it was just like okay this is kind of fun you know talk to the people smoking outside and there were a lot of families there really a lot of a lot of like young kids i always wonder that same thing i'm like who's taking their their wife and kids to Hooters. I mean, the wings are good. I they're hate to say that it. They're, they're, they're not fatty. that good. They're not that I like fatty No, wings. they're not that good. I think they're yummy. I can't say I've ever had... See, the thing is, I was a militant animal rights activist as a child. I've mellowed out. Mm-hmm. But I still don't eat, like, birds, mammals, reptiles, like right or... Too, right? I mean, the, the bones are not the issue. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I still do eat seafood because I was raised Catholic, and we have this weird thing where, like vegetarian means fish (laughs) so that kind of stuck with me so Mm -hmm. i continue to be a pescatarian but so i've had like their shrimp i think like they've like a coconut shrimp thing (laughs) which is fine you know (laughs) but that was one of those things where it's like okay i have this idea let's see if it pans out and it was kind of a waste of time it's in an episode called um 50 shades of evil where the main crux of the episode is that i forced I I use that. There there were no weapons involved. I coaxed three professional dominatrixes, I believe that's the plural Mm. of that word, to go see the Fifty Shades movie that was out at the time. So this was a few years ago. And then we talked about it. Mm. And two of them, I I saw it together with them in a movie theater, which was fun. And then the other one like went on her own and we debriefed later. And so... At the beginning of that, I was just like, I also did this weird thing where I went to Clearwater <laughs> and explored the the first um, Hooters. A couple years later, I had a much better Valentine's Day idea, which was I, I was in London and I was like, let's go to fucking Amsterdam and see who's spending Valentine's Day in their main like touristy red light district. Right. So we did that. There was a listener who happened to be in Amsterdam who I like met through Snapchat and she was like, yeah, I'll help you do that. We'll talk to, we talked to people working in the window brothels. We talked to a lot of British tourists who were there because it's a cheap sort of trip from, from England, Scotland, whatever. And so that worked out really well. And 
I I want to kind of repeat that magic at some point for another Valentine's Day in the future. Yeah. But Hooters is not where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> that should be their slogan. <laughs> Hooters is at. not Hooters, where it's at. Hooters. It's, it's, <laughs> Hooters is not where it's at. Like, we have shrimp? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> uh, I listened to one of the episodes on the way over here where a woman was talking about pulling tarot cards and the tarot cards were telling her to masturbate and like not only okay. do that but like then to tie herself up and i'm like this is amazing and i was getting titillated that i pulled up to a motel and I got, <laughs> I got even more turned on well and she also told the story about masturbating while driving that, that same part, per- yeah. okay she um that that story goes on for quite a while i think i let her talk for like 15 minutes straight your programming where- is wonderful like the way that you have you come up with different episode ideas that I would never like ever think of. I've always found that when it comes to any type of show that's telling human stories, I'm generally interested because I love just learning about the world and right. these crazy creatures we are. But when it's like dealing with sex, I'm almost always interested because I just like. It doesn't have to be a sexual topic that I connect to. It's just like, how does this make these people tick? You know, what what is what is the variety of sexual attractions and interests and activities in the world? So I've always found that fascinating. And one day I sat down. I remember, you know, being in in my apartment and I just wrote out a list of 200 topics. It's just like, okay, I could do a show like this. Mm hmm forever and i still haven't covered the vast majority of those topics so i still have plenty of time to get to it and as you said at the time i was doing stand-up and a lot of you know podcasting was not what it is now there weren't (laughs) three million podcasts literally there are like three million podcasts um and i thought well this could be a way to just give me a little bit of a profile as as a comic so as you mentioned the Japan episode, I do some stand-up in mm-hmm. the Japan episode. And I continued doing stand-up for really like only a year and a half into that experience. And I found that making the show was more rewarding. It was reaching more people than my stand-up was. Yeah. And it's a it's a fucking grind that if you're not passionate about it. I feel you're kind of wasting your time yeah. and the, the passion was kind of gone. And I was in this situation where my friend who traveled with me to Japan for that first episode was approached by someone to do like this variety show. Cause he, he's a stand-up comedian and he roped me in because it kind of connected to this topic and it was in a porn theater um, called the Bijou theater, which was like, it closed a few years later, but it dated back to like the golden age yeah. of porn theaters. Like peep shows or something? Yeah, or? And it was like right across the street from Zanies. Oh. So it's like prime real estate. You have this giant complex that's a gay porn theater and sex club. I mean, more glory holes than I don't know. Name name where than this motel probably. Pro- probably. I mean, and they little, little sex pods that like oh, connected. Yeah. There was an area with a sex swing, and one day I was hosting a show there because we ended up doing a show there for a while. And I remember I leaned against the wall and I stuck to it. Oh no! 
it was just that kind of vibe. And I remember when I would host this show, I would always sort of start out by by telling everyone, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how rich, how poor, how beautiful, what whatever your sad is, like right now, together we are all equal because we all have come on us. Yeah. Like somewhere <laughs> on you, there is come. And I, at that point, it was I guess on my back, and yeah. it was high. I'm oh tall. I'm six God. foot five. Someone shot for the stars, you know, and they reached them, and I'm that star. You know what I mean? The Milky Way. <laughs> Stupid. And I just remember my, but my favorite memory of, of doing the show there was. We would do, we would have bands come in and we would do, it was a theater, so there was experimental films and then we had stand-up as well. Me- Megan Gailey did that show, I remember. Um, a, lot, a lot of fun people did that show. I don't think Ian ever did that show. It was called Upstairs, Downstairs, and Upstairs was like more of like a sex club, sex club, but we had the space and so we would put performance art up there. And I remember it was a room where there was a sex swing and all these different kind of ways you could look in to like just add to different people's level of exhibitionism and voyeurism. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. you could be looking through a window, you could be obscured, or you could be right there, you know? And we had this performance artist in that space, like next to the sex swing. She has a TV. I don't remember what was playing on the TV, but I remember she was topless. She had a strap on where you would expect a strap on to be. Mm hmm. And then one like lower on her leg, she was stroking both of them and saying over and over again, I can't believe it's not butter. No. I can't believe it's not butter. And just in different sort of dramatic ways, you know, it's just like if you were auditioning for that role, you would, the, the artist, the casting person would be like okay now give me concerned weatherman (laughs) i can't believe it's not butter you know yeah and there was someone else there who i believe was you know a trans woman who was also doing drag because you know that's that's now a thing now where you have you know cis men do drag but also some trans women do it too and they just you know they go out there you know they yeah bring their makeup to a 15 and you know mm-hmm. just like really play it up and this person had a bag of popcorn and would just walk up to people individually and just say popped corn popped corn and just offering people popcorn and you know we're all covered in cum eating popcorn and this other person can't believe it's not butter I mean, and two, those two perfect. should get yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, this is like a fever dream. That's yeah. what this feels like. And that was the Bijou Theater circa 2015-ish. Because I, I stopped doing stand-up summer of 2015 around then. And it was just like I was hosting this show. I was involved with a couple other shows as a producer. And they were like good, fun, hopping shows. And I got to host. Yeah, But I wasn't really working on the craft beyond that. So I was kind of stuck where I had my bits but we have regular people and I didn't want to treat it like an open mic. And so it's just like, this isn't working. Stop doing stand up. focused more on the show. And it's a better creative journey for me. Mm. You know, that's awesome. It's good. So that's a really long answer to that. No, no, no. But I, yeah, I mean, I think being a comedian is such a, such a commitment. And I think you have to be a little bit crazy to actually do it for as long as it takes to get good. Well, you, you know, I know a couple of people 
and I can't say who they are because I'm going to say bad things about them. <laughs> but there are a couple of people I know who have like really blown up. And it's not it's not the lovely Megan Gailey, who we've mentioned a couple of times, just <laughs> for the record. It's also not Ian Abramson, who's also I done your him. show. Yep. But th- these are people who, who have blown up who, who were always good. Like I saw them at the beginning and I see them now on yeah. TV and whatnot. And they're not so much joke writers as they are people with really fucked up thoughts who say them out loud Mm. you know what i mean it's like no you're people think you're playing a character but this is you this is your personality Mm. and there's a lot of anti-social stuff in there but when you kind of make it seem sarcastic it's hilarious and i think louis ck has an element of that as well sure where it's yeah. just like yeah you're the you know this sex however people feel about that particular issue which we talk about in the mm-hmm. um listening to women episode from 2018 i want to say i don't know um i i feel like that sexual predator and like the the that that's in him is a part of that like fucked up dark side of him that he shows on stage that's hilarious to the average person because it's surreal to go into the mind of someone whose thoughts are just fucked up i think that's part of the allure of your podcast though is that you're going into people's minds not that they're fucked up but that you're some of some of them are and i mean yeah but you're going into places that i think a lot of people wish they knew something about but don't know how to know they can go on the online, but again, it's like you get to talk to these people, and I found it to be really, uh, really interesting. Um, and it sounds like you go into a lot of what what could be dangerous positions. Um, has there been a thing that you've done through the podcast that you were like, I don't feel safe right now. I don't know if I should be here. Or this person seems crazy. So I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and I talk about this in the Bangkok episode a bit. Which actually I randomly found out is on like Time Out Bangkok's like <laughs> podcast episodes to listen to about Thailand. Like just tourism, like, so like, yeah. so like go go listen to it if you're curious about Bangkok. But you know, awesome. we go to a ping pong show, we talk to people working in the red light district, and the person helping me out with that is someone I met on in, on the airplane there. <laughs> which was great. Um and she she was a lot of fun. Otherwise, it would have been a, a much less interesting experience. And I also had like a translator that we hired who came along with us, which really added as well. But one of the things that happens when I'm somewhere that's not the south side of Chicago is, well, now, now I live technically on the north side of Chicago. but And I think my neighborhood is perfectly safe, but it's more dangerous than, let's say, any neighborhood in Denmark, where mm-hmm. you know a listener was like you need to stay out of this place we're driving through right now because there was a shooting once uh, you know yeah, yeah and or i remember being in sydney and someone would not let me walk to my hotel from a party i was at because it was you know it was dark and it was just like this is one of the safest neighborhoods on the face of the earth yeah i don't know if you've seen the rest of the earth but <laughs> this but i you know i got the uber or whatever because it wasn't worth having a bit a big fight but so a lot of times i'll get warned about how dangerous the situation is Mm. it's just like this this is not dangerous on my scale of what what is dangerous but at the same time i can be naive in that way and you know we all have our blind spots and i did have a situation in making that grinder episode 
where there was a miscommunication. And I've been thinking about this a lot, like sort of how I process that in the moment. And you can hear it in that episode, which I believe is episode two, where someone I interviewed, this was in Laramie, Wyoming, in, in a hotel room. There were a lot of red flags from the beginning. Like he was seemed really weirded out that I was like traveling with a woman and like he definitely wanted her gone. And at the time I processed that as like, oh, you don't want to talk about gay shit in front of a woman. All right. That's fine. And he was he was an exchange student at the university there from Hong Kong. And as we've said, I'm six foot five. Yeah. I don't know how tall he was, but not six foot five. <laughs> I'm going to just guess. Yeah, I mean, a five foot five might not be quite accurate, but he was he was a tiny man. And so he I mean, he essentially tried to rape me. And I, I talk about it in the show, but because it was kind of like he was so little, mm-hmm. it was like a dog trying to hump your leg or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so it just felt like a really silly situation. But like looking back on it, it's just like, no, you're you're a straight up rapist you know like Uh, had i been drunk or shorter or had our sizes been reversed reversed. yeah you know and it was it was weird though because he did like he just lunged at me and you you can hear i my greatest regret about that situation was turning off the recorder so Uh but you can he's he's being kind of confused to a degree in the recording where he's just like are you sure you don't want to mess around? It's like, no, I just want to talk to you about hookup culture and, and this yeah, app. Yeah. And, but he, he, he lunged at me and, you know, I'm like grabbing both of his hands and trying to like head us like out of the hotel room. Yeah. And I did like, it's like a bed like this. I did fall into the bed for a minute and that was a panicky moment, <laughs> but I was just like, no, I got your wrists and we're, but then I fucking drove him home. So it's like, and that was very awkward. And it was the situation too, where like, I kind of felt bad in this weird fucked up way where it's just like, I disappointed this pervert, Sure, you know, the the sexual predator really wanted me to get like given to him. And so we were just sort of driving in silence back to his dorm building. (laughs) And then I drove back. And, but now, you know, I think about it and I think about, Luckily, it was not a traumatic experience for me personally, I think, in part because I wasn't really afraid. Right. That's because I say. felt like I was in control of the situation. Right. And I think a lot of trauma comes from a lack of control. Yeah. And it, it just has, when I hear about, you know, people blaming themselves and all those kind of things mm. or sort of not necessarily realizing what has happened or the the level of fucked upness to to be very eloquent to to a situation i think back on that where it's just like yeah it's easy to make excuses for another person until it really crystallizes and it's just like oh wow this person yeah is a fucking monster you know and i don't know if quack as he went by on the show is a monster but he definitely should talk to someone you know he should talk to a mental health professional and deal with that shit and hopefully hopefully that was a learning experience for him i don't know yeah have you done a lot of episodes with open relationships or with people that like deal with that type of feeling 
a lot of the people on the show, by virtue of the topics we're talking about, if we're talking about kinky things, mm-hmm. we've, we've done a number of things within kink. Like we've recently talked about gangbangs. That's the most recent episode. And a lot of those people who are engaged in gangbangs are in relationships, but they're in the swinger lifestyle or they're just, they just want to get down, you know? And the same is true for age play where adult babies came in to focus and like men in diapers. mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Women, women in diapers, non-binary people in diapers. There was a a trans man named Tiggy who I, I remember I went to his, his little apartment in Evanston, Illinois and where I was born. So it was a reunion of sorts. And he, he just he had a lot going on he was he was a trans man who was an adult baby a tiger like because he was like kind of in like the furry fandom and Mm -hmm. he just he considered himself a tiger cub he was on the autism spectrum and nonverbal. oh my goodness so the interview is a machine like he's literally typing and I just sort of like tried to set up the mic near near this machine that like talks for him. Like yeah. Stephen Hawkins? Hawkins? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. It was reminiscent of that. Okay. Only in a diaper. Yeah. In a tiger. You know, I yeah. don't know if he was wearing a diaper at the time. I imagine Stephen Hawking might wear a diaper. Yeah. I mean, is he dead? <laughs> He's dead, right? Yeah, he died, I, I yeah. think, right? His body is dead, but his consciousness forever I did not. Uploaded. Well, and I want to be really clear, and I think you do a good job of this on the show, is like... um you're not saying these things are weird. You're just saying these are things. Yeah, or or if judging. or if we say something is weird, because sometimes people will self-identify yeah. as weird. I'm weird positive. Yeah. Like I'm sex positive. Mm-hmm. I'm weird positive. I one of the great revelations of my life was embracing being weird. Mm. It was it came luckily relatively early in high school where it's just like people could always sniff the weird on me. Yeah. That I just had a different mm-hmm. approach. To life, and once I embraced that, everything changed. It was just like the people who I wanted to be friends with could see me even better. Yeah, and the the people who didn't want to be friends with me, I didn't want to be friends with them either. It just yeah. was sort of this rather than, and you know, I went to Catholic single sex, you know, kind of high schools and and whatnot. And I've been an atheist since second grade and, you know, and I was like a goth kid and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I say that dressed in black I, right I now. I was going to say, <laughs> you, look like, you look like a grown-up Eddie Munster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment, it but is. I'm going to take it that way. It you is. should. I don't always wear all black, but right now but I when just I do, I always do. <laughs> it's hard to navigate being weird positive because I think I would be too in a relationship when someone else's feelings and desires are at play. Yeah, I mean that's a conversation you have to happen or er, ha- has to happen early in the relationship. Yeah. Whoopsies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what what do you want to do that's weird that maybe they don't want to do? And and I'm again we're saying weird in a non-stigmatizing sure. way. Um possibly have sex with other people. Okay, so in like a polyamorous way where you're having other relationships or just like sometimes I just want to bang it out with someone. Maybe a little, a light mixture of both. Okay. Yeah. I think I wouldn't mind like having like, yeah, maybe like random people. It's like, Oh, this is who I go to the the jazz club with. And this is who I go to this with, but this is who my person is who I like own a home with and have a a happy life with and stuff. That's very possible. Lots Mm -hmm. of people do that. 
and we talk a lot about like crushes you know that we get creative crushes on people and stuff and it's sure. it's weird not to just be like hey i like you you like me let's go like bang it out and then i'll just probably forget about you two months later and then And it it makes me think of one of the things Dan Savage talks about when he talks about monogamy. And it's this idea of a lot of people who are serially monogamous jump from monogamous relationship to monogamous relationship. And it's just like they're kind of doing polyamory just kind of like staggered. Like, Mm. you know, they're not... No, no one's there for good. It's just until you get tired of this person, you move on. You move on to a, a, a new person, and you know polyamory is difficult in a lot of ways because you have issues of jealousy. You have issues of just like time management. For me, the the main appeal for monogamy is just okay. We're done. Like I, I don't have to look for anyone else. I don't have to feel like because you can feel unsatisfied in your given relationship but if then you have the option to also fuck the world and you're still unsatisfied that can be a whole other extra yeah. level it's just like right why am i why aren't i making this work and my partner is you know fucking all seven of our neighbors yeah. you know um don't fuck your neighbors i would say that that's just my advice especially to here at the uh, just, motel don't don't i mean and motel it's different because you're not going to be there forever you sure, know sure but you it's just don't fuck don't, your neighbors. Don't fuck I, the people yeah. that live around you. I had a neighbor that I, I wish I didn't fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so wait, are you monogamous? Are you in a relationship? I like right now what I'm doing is I have a couple sort of casual friends with benefits oh. situation and it like covers that ground and I'm not looking for anything serious right now i've i've done i've done this serious thing you know we've had a a whole sort of mixture of things but right now for me what what works best is just sort of getting my emotional needs met by more sort of like platonic relationships Uh and just sort of like banging it out when someone else wants to bang it out (laughs) but like keeping the circle kind of closed and just sort of but i I, like cry I think I'm gonna masturbate to this later. Just uh, (laughs) described what Meryl really wants. Um, My question for you: I uh, think the key is being transparent, though. Sure, yeah. It's like, and but a lot of people find themselves in the situation where you're in, where what you want changes as time goes on, and then that becomes more complicated. I luckily knew what I wanted by the time like I put together this current configuration, so I was able to just be like, "This is what I want. Is this what you want?" Exactly. Yeah. Because if I dated again, that would probably be my geographic map but yeah but a for relationship sure. that i love so yeah um because you have a podcast that you know details the very ins and outs of sexuality how has that changed your sexuality how has that changed your sex life i don't know if it has i know no. that that's a that's a boring answer because it is very much about just exploring other people's is it just about stuff. you being so interested in in, in in what the human like condition. Yeah. yeah. And just talking to engaging people about, you, you know, for instance, one of the things that's coming to mind that relates to what we were just talking about is I recently did an interview with someone where I just put it out there because religion often comes up in like a negative context on the show because a lot of people have a lot of sexual shame and baggage connected uh-huh. to it. Like that's in the Mormon episode. It's a lot of like former Mormons, Foremans as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Hmm who are dealing with a lot of them are kinky, including some like current, like kinky Mormons as well, who find that balance that works for them. But 
I've had the same thing with the Amish. Like a lot of the people in the Amish episode are like former Amish and there's a lot of like sexual abuse in the Amish episode. So some of it's like fun and jokey and some of it's like very serious that particular episode. But I just put it out there. Is there anyone listening who, you know, is a person of faith who feels that their faith adds to their sexuality, that it's, you know, it's a positive force in all senses, including in how you navigate sex and think about your body mm -hmm. and all that fun stuff. And I did hear from one listener and we had a conversation and what we were talking about kind of shifted at a certain point to an episode that I really want to do, which is keeping monogamy interesting. Mm -hmm. And so this is someone who she married the first person she ever fucked. It's been, I'm trying to, you know, it's been a while since I did this interview. I'm trying to think, I want to say she's around 40 and they they've been married you know maybe 20 years or something you know like and she's finding ways to keep it interesting you know she kind of thinks of herself as bisexual but because she is as she put it you know like a bible believing christian it's like that's not an option right because you know acting on really anything any other attractions because she believes sex is within the confines of marriage and just with this particular partner. And she finds that that's the journey for her and her faith plays a role in giving her a little bit of a roadmap. And I want to talk to other people about how they keep, you know, these mm -hmm. long-term relationships, because I think we all have people who like, I had a crush on this person in high school and I saw them 10 years later and I'm so glad that didn't work out and I'm not married to that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there are other people where it's like 20 years have passed and it's just like still, still, yeah. Still, yeah. 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 And, but you don't know, you don't right. fucking know. And there's other people that you just sleep with and then you get it out of your system and you're like, Oh, I would not want to be in a relationship with you. Right. And then some people it's like, they're, they're able to, and I think this is, I imagine this is pretty common. I, it hasn't been my experience, but I imagine it's its somewhat universal since so many people do remain married for their entire lives. So many of them are in sexless, sad marriages. But for those people who are not, you know, they find a way, even if there are vast physical changes to focus on what they've always found attracted attractive in this person mm -hmm. some of its personality some of its physical and you know just keep mm -hmm. having an evolving journey with that person and you know i think that that's really magical cool and and cool and i'd like to <laughs> explore yeah. it and that's like that's one of those things that's like more foreign to me than you know upside down dungeon sex you know yeah. like right. i yes. can understand that more <laughs> than like a 40-year marriage where people are still banging it out yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so i i want to explore that and then there's also this interesting thing of people transitioning in a marriage you know you mm -hmm. you marry someone who's presenting as one gender who's telling you they're one gender but they've come to the realization or accepted that they are actually another gender and sometimes people stay in those marriages and now you what you thought was your husband is now your wife or vice versa yeah. and there's a little bit of that in the bisexual episode we're talking about there is someone who is going through that 
and it makes more sense from a bisexual perspective, but there are also people who didn't consider themselves bisexual who end up staying with that person because it really is about that person mm -hmm. and has l less to do with parts and all that fun stuff. So we're all different. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm just kind of asking you ideas of, of stuff that I've thought about. It's like listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this guy is just like traveling the world and like fucking everything. Just <laughs> fucking absolutely everything. Dungeon sex. So <laughs> would, upside down dungeon sex. Would, would you say that this this show and its content and you uh, embracing the interviews? Even, I mean, you interview a lot of porn stars. You interview a lot of people in, in sex work, uh, a lot of people who are from other countries with other belief systems like has it just been a complete and utter fuck fest for you because of that i've and I, I, i'm not trying to be a, like a frat boy here i'm just like i'm really want to ask you're, that you're being a real frat i know boy. i'm being a little fratty and um i don't have a problem with it but <laughs> you know maybe some self-examination <laughs> catch him at hooters later <laughs> I know where you're going on Valentine's Day. With my yeah. second family. My second yeah, family. I'll be there with my monogamous relationship. <laughs> crying into my wings. I'm I'm trying to think, you know, what, what the best way to answer that is. I I feel like I've had I've had times in my life that have been marked by a promiscuity, we'll say. Gotcha. You know, most of that has not been while I've been doing this show. I feel like I had I really learned my capacity for fuckability in college. Hmm. I had been in like these all boys Catholic schools and, you know, and I had, a, I had sex when I was in high school, but you've a, a limited amount. And I got to college and I was just like, Oh wow. You know, being this tall lanky kid actually kind of works out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being six foot five for some people, that's all you really need. Yeah. And so <laughs> I there were there were a couple years in college where I I don't know how I didn't create some sort of super STI, you know? <laughs> and since then I feel like because I've had that experience, and maybe there's like some sort of hormonal thing, maybe I should have my testosterone checked. <laughs> I, I like I have a healthy appetite for sex, but I, it's not something that I feel like I'm like chasing, you know? Yeah. And so for instance, I have a personal rule where I don't fuck listeners. I don't fuck people I meet through the podcast. Mm -hmm. I like to keep, you know, the separation yeah. of, of pod and fuck, um, <laughs> which I believe is in the constitution. <laughs> if you look closely enough, the separation <laughs> yeah. of pod and fuck. <laughs> And church and state. I, I did like early on, I did have a couple experiences and there was one that was just like super weird. And I was just like, never again. And then, you know, in the years after that, we talked a lot about power dynamics and I don't consider myself like super powerful in any ways, but when yeah. someone is consuming your content, they can really sort of like build you up in For their sure. head and they want to impress you. And it can lead to a lot of the same issues that happen with like real celebrities and, you know, all of sure. that kind of stuff. So I think it's just better to sort of keep that separate and like truly anonymous sex, which I could have while exploring these topics sure. easily, you know, it's not at this juncture in my life. It's not really of interest to me other than as 
something to explore um, almost in an academic sense. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's not judging it in any way. It's just like sure. there, wa- there was a time where it's just like, yeah, my my goals were different. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was listening to uh, a part where you're like, oh, we're in the red light district. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? If you're a single man and you're traveling or a woman and you're traveling, you're like, well, I've never done that. And I'm so inquisitive about this world or, uh, yeah, I went to a sex party. You know what? I just went ahead and did it because I had never done that. And I wanted to know, you know, so I wondered if it, it kind of like elevated because of it. I I mean, prior to this show, I'd had some like sex party experiences. Okay. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've had a range of experiences, um, but I've, I've never paid for sex and I've nothing against paying for sex under, you know, the, the right circumstances, which I think under the right circumstances is this umbrella that I think is much wider than a lot of people want to acknowledge. You know, there, there is a ton of consensual sex work. There is, there are a ton of ethical ways to purchase sexual services. There are many valid reasons to purchase um, sexual services, be respectful to sex workers, Mm -hmm. follow their boundaries, do a little bit of vetting, you know, Hashtag support sex workers. You know, I'm sure. I'm a huge supporter of sex work as work. You know, decriminalize. It yeah. should not be for in sure. the shadows, and that's what creates a lot of problems. But for me, and maybe this is like a weird ego thing, and maybe this will change as I continue to age. I want to be desired. Mm-hmm. You know, for for me, it's like that's the turn on is like you want to have sex with me. Yeah. Not my wallet, not and there are plenty of sex workers who enjoy sex to the point where it is a turn on for them that, you know, they're being paid for this and all this, so it does become more than just a transaction. But for me that's that's not a turn on for me. That's sort of a turn off is this idea of like, okay, I'm renting this space. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Versus I've been invited into this space. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's great. That's a really articulate way of putting it. Thank you. You're an egomaniac <laughs> as well. No. And we, this is so awful that I don't even know, but is sex work legal? It's not legal at all in the U.S., right? It's totally there, illegal. Thing? So in rural Nevada, there are legal brothels um, in several counties, including the Bunny Ranch mm-hmm. where we recorded i went there and um you can listen to it in an episode with a title something like legal and illegal sex work in nevada (laughs) um and so i talked to someone who's a who's a listener who is an escort in las vegas where it is illegal and then i also went to the bunny ranch bunny ranch and talked to someone who was like she bills herself as the highest paid sex worker in the world or the highest paid legal sex worker in the world. And she's a real star at the bunny ranch. Mm -hmm. She has her own little space there. She has her own fuck trailer. That's just hers. And people, you know, pay a lot. Her name is Alice little. She is quite little. I've seen this. I, have, I think she had. She was on Showtime for like some or, or maybe real sex or something. She was, she's been on a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was a situation where I like to interview a lot of the people I interview have never been interviewed before. And then some people 
did five interviews today. I talked to them. Yeah. And so I, I kind of liked that mix. And she was definitely the latter there mm. where it was just like, I think I was like to be more accurate. I think I was maybe her third. Mm. Um, but I went to her house, you know, in, in rural Nevada and I met her pig. She, some <laughs> like someone bought her a pig, you know, and someone also bought her a pony and that pony lives on the ranch. And I met wow. the pony and we walked around the ranch and talked to some people on the, the bunny ranch. And that in in the United States, that's the only place where it's legalized. But the, this is the difference between legalization and decriminalization. And one of the things we've done on my show is we've explored pretty much all of the legal frameworks around sex work. So we've gone to places like Amsterdam where it's also legalized. We've gone to Germany where it's also legalized, but in a different way. And then we've gone to, and I don't know why I'm using the Royal way. It's, it's me. I've <laughs> gone. And then I've, I've gone to Australia, which is the only place in the world where it's decriminalized. And that's, that's what most sex work right act rights activists want is they want decriminalization versus legalization. And the reason that is, is because, and it's only decriminalized in New South Wales, other parts of Australia, it's legalized. And the difference is when you have legalization, you have a lot of regulations and you, you really narrow a sex worker's options. So if you want to be a sex worker, a legal sex worker in the United States, you have to go and live in one of these rural counties in Nevada. Oh. That's the only place you can do it. Well, in, in terms of, you know, porn performers are sex workers, too, and strippers are sex oh, workers, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, what legally would be called prostitution services. A lot of people don't like that word, but legally. Um, you have to move into, you have to live in one of these ranches. You have to be hired by one of these ranches. You know, they don't just accept everyone. Right. So you have, and they're more likely to hire, you know, white women who look a certain way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are certain barriers that come from just not being a white woman who looks a certain way. If you're a man, you have no options. Um, if you're trans or non-binary, your options are also limited. I'm, I don't know if there are any trans folks working in any of those legal Nevada brothels. Um, if there are, it's limited slots, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's the situation there in New South Wales, Australia, there are brothels you can work at and they're regulated like other businesses, but not, they're not regulated the way the Nevada brothels are, where there are very special regulations that kind of stigmatize sex work, where mm. you have to be on a registry, for instance, mm. that says, I am a prostitute, right. you know, you, and that can be breached and that can follow you for life. In New South Wales, you can you can work in a brothel. You could work for an escort agency. You could work for yourself. You can there, as long as you're not breaking other laws, you can be a sex worker how you want to be a sex worker. Yeah. And so also, I mean, it's the same sort of situation in in Amsterdam. Like Amsterdam has a lot of rules, and for the most part, I'm trying. It's been a while since I've like really looked at the rules in Amsterdam. But from what I recall, it's like brothels are, are the main option and so people working in those window brothels are following the law but maybe you don't want to work in a window brothel mm. your options are limited but if it were decriminalized versus legalized 
you could put on an ad on an app. You yeah. could, you know, you could just do things your own way. And you can understand why people are afraid to sort of go from legalization to decriminalization for safety reasons and, and sure. other reasons. But at a certain point, we have to let adults make decisions for themselves. Yeah, and it probably is more harmful. Like you said, I don't know. Do you guys have Backpage? The way Backpage well, is something that... Backpage is... Is it shut down now? It was seized by the FBI. Oh, yeah. Um, And there is... I believe it's called like New Backpage. Oh. Like there there are new ones that come yeah. up. Where we it's all know like, what's going on when they say like massage, happy, smiley. You know, everyone yeah, yeah. knows that. Like so like because of how the internet works, it's such a fucking waste of time for the FBI to, to do this and like seize these websites and <laughs> but they do it's like they shut down rentboy.com back in 2015 i remember i had recently done an episode um called sex with rent boys where i like found workers on rentboy.com and interviewed them and i remember i like got back from iceland and i was doing an interview with this very colorful um gay man um who's a sex therapist and for an episode called um sex sex therapists i think maybe <laughs> um sex therapy something like that and you know he was very worked up about the the shutting down of rent boy and that's how i found out i was like okay so my my because i've messaged people on that and played around with that oh, app, my, my my name is part of that list not that they're you know trying to get everyone like that they're just going after the the heads and yeah. stuff and we talked about this a bit in my sex with gay porn stars episode because some of those gay porn stars are on a site called rentman.com, which is the same fucking thing with a different name. And they're a little bit smarter about their legal liability. Mm. But if the FBI wants you, they will get you. And so we should really focus on what are the problems with sex work mm -hmm. And giving people autonomy to like fix those problems versus trying to swap these flies in terms of websites. And when you knock these websites off, you also limit sex. You don't destroy sex work. You right. just limit people's options. And now they're more likely to have to do street-based work or go in with a pimp or someone else who can offer protection and find them clients and all that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's, yeah. It gets me all fired up. It's way off tangent, but like I work for a lot of cannabis podcasts. I don't consume cannabis, but I'm really learning about how criminal it is to. Just so everyone knows, she is and... smoking a joint. Yeah, <laughs> she's saying that. Me, me and Willie Nelson. But it reminds me of <laughs> the same way where we have people sitting in jail condemned for life sentences. And then we have other now that it's decriminalized, like we have people driving cannabis back and forth for their job. Yeah. And I think people that consume cannabis should really like look into it and maybe it's the same way with even porn too it's like if you're part of the sex world in some way it's important to at least know what's happening and become aware you know sure. i feel very passionate about that yeah and i i think of i think of um so i have a i have a couple episodes that i recorded one i recorded entirely in alaska and one i recorded bits and pieces of it in alaska it's sort of all over the place and it's kind of looking at the 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 legal system and sex work and all of the talk of human trafficking and all mm -hmm, that and how mm -hmm. how that can often get conflated and sort of the nuances of that and one of the people i've worked with for those two episodes is a woman named tara burns she and maxine dugan who 
runs I'm, I'm gonna mess up the name of it's like Slurp. it's like um the, the adult service providers union it's it's a sex worker union here in california and um i apologize to maxine for not thinking of the full name of it we could put it in the show notes and but those two women who were both like native to alaska uh, but not like native american but you know what i mean like they they came from alaska they became the first two registered lobbyists in the state of Alaska to advocate for people in the sex industry. Mm -hmm. And they've worked on a number of reforms, including trying to make it so that police officers can't fuck you and then arrest you uh, for fucking yeah. them for money. Cause that's a thing. Yeah. And that's a thing when you, when you make these people criminals, and most cops are men. Yeah. You, you create all kinds of problems. And there are huge problems with the police preying on sex workers in a variety of ways. It's like entrapment to like the ninth degree. Sexually, including taking their money. And it's like there are many examples of like, I'm going to go get a hand job. And then it's going to be free because, you know, we're going to take back the money and we're going to arrest you. Because we're protecting you. We're yeah. protecting you from doing this thing that we're totally, this service, we're totally going to steal from you and obtain through non-consensual coercive means. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to face criminal charges. And we're doing this to help you. Good luck getting a job with your mugshot all over the internet for soliciting, even if, you know, often those charges don't stick very well. Mm -hmm. right. You're still, you got your Scarlet A. And also you have this traumatic experience of dealing with law enforcement in often sort of like violent ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's all because you are a consenting adult who wants to make a living in a way we disagree with. Yeah. Mm. That is harming no one. And it's so fucking stupid. And so Tara Burns and Maxine um, are doing incredible things. Ma Maxine Dugan. I hope I didn't call her Maxine Waters earlier, the congresswoman. <laughs> no. I'm like trying to think because when I hear Maxine, that's like the first last name that comes to mind for no, me. But they, they've done incredible work all over the place, including in Alaska, where they've they've changed these laws. And there's still a lot of work to do. And there are still these like terrible busts. And another thing to keep in mind, too, is when looking. I think we've learned a lot in the last few years that police statistics and press releases they're not always the most accurate thing in the world right and that's often the case when it comes to sex trafficking busts a lot of times when they're rescuing people that means they're arresting people a lot of times when someone is a i am technically i meet the legal standard of a sex tra a child sex trafficking survivor because when i was a teenager I had a sexual entanglement with an adult who gave me some money to take a train up to Milwaukee and cross state lines. Like that is you the, did. Like I was paid. Okay, like I was, was a teenager. I didn't know if you were giving an example, or you as a I was. I was like a teenager who got like entangled with you know a lot of teenagers fuck adults. I'm not saying it's a great idea. Yeah. It's it's not something we should do. The brain is not fully developed until you're 25. Think about that. If you're over 25 and you're fucking a 17 year old, um, that 
is a child, Wait, even can though. Can we just take a second? Yeah. Our brains are not developed no, yet. <laughs> um, but if if you are under eighteen, and even if the age of consent is seventeen, like it is in my home state of Illinois, it's like sixteen. I think mm-hmm. in our neighboring state of Indiana, you can fucking marry a seventy-eight-year-old. You know particularly with parental permission. Oh, yeah. But if they give you 20 bucks for gas money to like come to their hotel and fuck them, if the government wants to, they can charge you with child sex trafficking. That's insane. And I'm not saying that that's how they always apply the law. You know, it's important to help people dealing with you know, people who are being trafficked of all ages. Sure. The, th- the thing about when, when you really look into these issues, the problem is poverty. The problem is often homelessness. The yeah. problem is, you know, queer kids getting kicked out of their homes. It's like these systemic problems that really have more to do with economics than anything else. And then it gets, it gets framed in this way that, makes all sex workers seem like monsters or victims or something yeah. when really it's we we have a fucked up system you know we have a fucked up society and we need a better safety net mm. and that's the best thing you can do to help people who are dealing with sex trafficking oh my because gosh, yeah it's often people in either like teenagers who are making you know not the greatest choices because they're teenagers or it's people who are making economic choices and sometimes they fall prey to people who are making great promises like I can make you so much money and then yeah. you know they take all your money and you're you're fucked. There are a lot of people who voluntarily enter the sex industry with dollar signs in their eyes and then get fucked over by a trafficker. That's yeah. a that's a very common thing. I would say that's more common than the taken scenario, particularly here in the United States. And I would say the Western world in, in my experience, like reading this, I've had Google news alerts for sex trafficking and, you know, all of the connected terms since like basically the beginning of doing my show. And I look through these articles and often there's a really complicated story, but at its core, poverty plays a big role. Uh, where it was obviously your podcast is called Sex with Strangers. It's called Sex with Strangers. It's a little confusing because there was kind of another Sex with Strangers. I don't know if you've encountered that. No, you knocked them out of well, the water. Sex um, with well, Emily is the only one above yours <laughs> on the charts. Well, they they've stopped doing their show, and I was gonna buy their fucking website, and then they renewed it, which I was super confused because it's just like a we're not even here oh, website. You know, it's yeah. just like, so I don't know what's going on with them, but it was like sex with strangers or grown folks podcast. I've had them on the show. Actually, their show <laughs> came out a little bit after mine and it's been a, it's been fun. You know, it's been fun having something else with a very similar name That's that annoying. screws up Google searches, <laughs> but you know, Chris, Soa S O W A, that's one way to find it. If you're having trouble finding it, it's a picture of me in a hotel room with an older couple who are an actual married couple. Um, is the art, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I'm in a tuxedo. <laughs> um, it's an, it's a great podcast. I highly recommend everybody go listen to it. It's really good. Thank you. I, I'm, That's cool. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, you're so I appreciate sweet. That. You're like, <laughs> well, how did you find the show? Just real uh, fast. Honestly, I was looking at the charts. I think it, it was either right when we 
I think either were finished with small hands, uh, you know, okay. as a guest. And I was like, I love tackling this subject because it's not, you know, Bo and I are both very open talking about anything with anyone. And I think early on, we kind of wanted to mix in more sex positive stuff. And we just, I think we talked to like one dominatrix and that was it. And I'm like, let me go look at the, at the charts, the Apple podcast chart. The like see. sexuality chart. Yeah. yeah. And then I found you and you seemed wonderful and you are. And I mean. Then we kind of we talked about a celebrity that we shall not name to just bring it full. Circle. Oh, we got to get off this podcast so I can hear about that thing. Yeah, I'll tell you more. Yeah, and then are you on? Are you? Do you talk to people on social media? Do you want to plug your own social media? Yeah, I am very inactive on social media, but please follow me. My problem is because I do a sex podcast, I get DMs all the time on social media from like people who are like big time listeners who are not following me because mm. you know for reasons you know they don't want to oh, yeah. like my my tweet about my new episode called gangbang sex and then have <laughs> you know Cheryl from accounting see yeah. it yeah. so um but I am sex with Chris on Twitter Chris in America on Instagram Chris Soa S-O-W-A all one word on Snapchat you can find me on FetLife as Chris Soa I think those are the things cool it was awesome talking to you you're the best thanks for sharing all of that and sexwithstrangersshow.com oh, oh dot yeah. com. there's a show in show. there sexwithstrangersshow.com oh. I wanted the longest uh, website I could find and so I went with that success <laughs> okay <laughs> thanks so much for being here <laughs> thank you for having me yeah, this you're has awesome. been a lot of fun thank you Ah, yes. So Chris, right? Yes, I, I love yeah, him. He's great. He, I really do love him. I feel like I want to, I mean, I say all the time I want to be friends with everyone, but I feel like, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was great um, to experience that in the way that we did because when we got there, I don't think I mentioned this in the actual podcast, but when we actually got to the hotel and went inside, there was only one chair and then a bed and a dresser. And we just kind of huddled up, uh, mm-hmm. like sitting on the chair, somebody on the beds. And it was a, a smaller room. And we still just had a great time. We laughed together. And it just, I don't know, he seems like a really cool, down to earth guy. And I would totally hang out with him again. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing to bring up during the episode, Chris actually mentioned an organization and he realized he flubbed up the name. So uh, the actual name is the Espler Project Inc. That's E S P L E R, which stands for the Erotic Service Provider Legal Educational and Research Project. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna link their website in our show notes, so make sure you check that out. Thank you. It was awesome to have Chris. That was so professional. No, oh yeah. Now for something not so professional. Sure, sure. Okay, thank you for being you a keep, good sport. You keep looking at you keep looking at me like you're you're gonna say something like explosive right now. <laughs> and uh, I so, kind of did. Oh, you did. I have to. Right, kind of. I'm about to. I need to give a like a bloopers moment in okay. this episode. Sure, sure. In our however many years of friendship, yeah. and recording. And all that stuff. I have never felt mad, at you. or maybe once in Mexico. You have or, definitely yeah, when you been kind mad. of when we are, when in Mexico, I was mad, mad at you. And, not nearly yeah. as much as I've been mad at you. Definitely not at all. No, yeah. I'm never. I don't get like, uh, yeah, like you always perform well, and you always are. Hey, like, hey, oh. No, I mean like you're. <laughs> Ask my ex girlfriends, I see. Um, yeah. <laughs> and. I feel like I love doing podcasts with you because I love working with you. Because I, I like, feel like this is a moment where you're about to all that being said, said. Yeah. So hopefully people couldn't tell, but I, about three quarters into the into our recording, oh. I was so interested in what Chris had to say, <laughs> and I was really like I was on the edge of edge of my furnace while I was sitting on a furnace. Yeah. And 
I for like the first time ever you were acting so out of pocket and out of character because you were like <laughs> acting so antsy and yeah. so like I, I hate to say rude because we'll hear like later on it it wasn't rude it ended up not being rudeness but you were so like so markedly and like obviously like being fidgety and wanting to leave and or there's just a, wanting to fidget okay, sure there's a couple things I know that... you'll get to address it okay, let me okay. tell my version of it <laughs> and hold on hold on and and I was trying to just like almost just look at Chris and focus on him and just be like, sure. just let Bo do whatever he's doing. Sure. And but then, you know, from me, the way I muck up your energy sometimes is that it's hard to do a podcast when one of us is so acting in such a way that sure. is like causing the other one to get distracted. And so I kept on trying to return back to him. But I, out of the corner of my eye, I was almost trying to give you like, mm, you know, like, sure. what are you doing? And so then we ended our episode and Chris and I are very chatty and we were rightfully going like we were almost laughing about how long we were still standing there talking sure we were talking really but then you were almost like um you know like the meme in or the the homer simpson meme where he like goes back into the bushes yes i stuff. know it well yeah you were you were acting to me you were acting like that and you were like so wanting to leave and i just was like what yeah. is going on like calm down and i think for the first time ever i felt like mad at you and i just okay. and okay to the point where then when we got downstairs <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I understand you want to get going, but like, please don't be so obviously rude. And yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then what? Uh, and then, there are a couple things going okay. on here. Okay. Thank you for being open. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> One thing is that we have been recording for about an hour and a half and he had said that he needed to catch a flight. I didn't know what time his flight 7 was. 7 p.m. Yeah. I knew that I had to get there early in the fucking That's morning so, because yeah. he had to leave. And so I was like, well, clearly we, we don't need to be dragging. He's And he, checkout was even, we were going and, past the checkout yeah, time. And, and stuff. also, yeah. yeah, he was past checkout time. He was packing and then unpacking and then packing again. <laughs> and, and I was like very mindful. I was like, maybe he's like nervously like packing and then unpacking and packing. And it's like, he's just trying to get his stuff together. He's like, I got to go. And I was like, yeah. okay, let's get out of his space. I was trying to be mindful. But that's not really the number one reason. That was just a reason why I could leave because I getting up at you know 5 a.m. and getting on the road and driving two and a half hours and having a big cup of coffee. I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta fucking take a shit. Yeah, I gotta take a shit. And then I, when I, I did, learned that, I had to do that about halfway through. And you ever get that moment where you're like, ooh. I need to. I need to right now. Yeah. But I can't right no, now. No, because we were in a small motel room. Just small Yeah, there's ass no way. Motel well, we would have heard room. you. It, like, been... it was like it was like paper walls and paper. Th- and I was no like, lobby. I don't want to no do holiday. that. Yeah, I don't want to have that in the middle of the podcast. I want to yeah. like, hey, can we take a break so I can shit my pants? And he's talking about like yeah. sex trafficking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, aha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. <laughs> of course, I didn't want to have that. But then I was like, where? Then I started getting that fever of you like. You looked like hot like, and stuff. where do I go? That's because terrifying. I'm in a, sh- a shitty motel where I can't use the bathroom. Right. And there's probably no bathroom around. Right. And there's not like a Starbucks. No, there's like, no, 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 no. It's all like no, lending no. companies and loan yeah. offices. And, yeah, yeah. And everything. It's still early in the morning. And so there's just nothing. I and feel so for I, you now. I felt that like that fever, that fever moment of like, I got to find a place. Yeah. I got I got to figure this problem out. And it was not one of those things where I, I, I said to take a shit. It was like my stomach was like, yes, like trying to like tell me like, hey, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a small amount of time to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, Until it's like a then I'm taking over. Yeah, and this is going to be way worse than you ever expected. <laughs> I'm just picturing a podcast episode where you're like actively shitting your pants. <sighs> it was not. Listen. I don't know. I actually sent away for one of those like uh, like things that tell you like, are you allergic to any oh, foods or yeah. shit like that? Because like I've been having some stomach issues 
and it it may be a couple things Mm -hmm. okay but regardless of what it is i was feeling that hot fever moment and i was like oh meryl stop asking what his favorite toenail polish yeah, color is yeah, yeah, and i was yeah. like let's just come on i was you feeling know? very chatty and <sighs> yeah and I and think- then and at the end you were you were like fucking fanboying it hard fanboy yeah you were like yeah and then i like I like Twizzlers too, and it's like do I, we was, I was need- connecting. Yeah, I know, but I was like, "Hey, do you guys?" I, I was trying to say to you, like, "Do you guys want to just, you know, I'm Meryl, I'm just gonna go." Yeah, yeah, and then I was like, "Why are you acting and so like, weird? Why are you?" Be-? And you even said that in front of him. Why are you being so weird? I was like, oh, "Okay, all right. Well, now I have to address it in front of him." Okay. <laughs> well, here's the reason. It's like it's so stupid. I the think- fact that you throw someone under the bus like that. If I'm acting a weird way, don't you think there's a reason? I think we need to. We have some code. type of yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, is, if it's a physical malady i need you to do something like you know what, like point at my ass and be like uh, uh. it's like <laughs> how pitchers do because yeah pitchers you want to do a finger symbol the baseball people they do yeah 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 exactly <laughs> because it, i just i think it was a refreshing not nothing about that story is refreshing but it, i i feel like i'm so so used to being like the one in trouble yeah and I feel like I'm so not used to me being like upset with your energy or anything. Yeah. Well. But all that being said, it was a all, wonderful episode. Yeah. I just had to share it because it I'm was sorry, such a Chris. crazy. I'm so sorry, yeah, Chris. I know. I'm Chris, so we sorry. don't need to literally. Um, yeah. All yeah, that being check said. Check him out. He does important work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even feel like this is our livelihood. This is a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chris, we love you. Thank you for being so awesome and amazing. Yes. I'm sorry. Next time, Bo will take some guts. type of like um, thing. Yeah, yeah. He'll get a colonic before yes, or something. Get, yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it was great. Great episode. Thank you so much. And uh, until next time, guys, you know, go yeah, to the bathroom to before the bathroom. you start. Yeah. yeah. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB, and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Meryl on Instagram at Campfire Shit Show, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show.